All right, football season is back, and we are kicking off every Monday with a new series called GBU, the good, bad, and ugly from teams we saw this weekend pass, and we're going to talk about all the things that were, you know, good, bad, and ugly. When it comes to the run game, good. When it comes to the bad game, huh? when it comes to the ugly, huh? stick around to find out. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you much, so much for joining me today. It's a solo show, but we're going to make it good nonetheless. Normally on Mondays, we have Kenton Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack, but he is off on vacay, and we love to give people some PTO, period. So we are kicking things off by first telling you we appreciate you making me your first listen each and every day. More than that, we appreciate the fact that you come back and you download, subscribe to the channel from anywhere you are. We know that the Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day, and we have free episodes wherever you feel like listening and watching, you know? So we appreciate all of that time. So we're going to get into today's episode. We got a lot to go over and discuss, as I mentioned at the top. We got this new segment on Mondays because now that college football is back, we got GBU. Sometimes we have DBU, RBU all the things, QBU, whatever you want to call it in order to, you know, identify a football program that, or have a certain set of position groups that do extremely well for your respective universities. So I said, you know, we're going to have GBU around here. GBU Mondays, where we're going to talk about the good, bad, and ugly that we saw over the past weekend. Now, this past weekend, we started off with week zero. We had two ACC teams compete. And let's start with the good, shall we? Alrighty, so the good news is the ACC is 2-0 when it comes to football action, which is a positive. Claps, if I had a clapper, I would add in there, you know, I have clappers, but, you know, catch that, pick up what I'm putting down. Anyway, I have, I love the fact that the ACC started out undefeated. Good signs for things to come. We know that in week one, we'll have teams Clemson and Georgia Tech. Unfortunately, change that outcome, but nevertheless, we are excited about a 2-0 start for the ACC, ACC, mind you, it's against FCS teams, whatever, take it, realignment, all the good things. I'm happy that the ACC started out undefeated. Now we're talking about teams specifically. We know Florida State took on Duquesne and won handily in that 47-7 to matchup. It was all Florida State the entire time, kicked off the first quarter with 20 points, then just kept rolling, and it was all running backs. So that's another key good point that I want to bring up here, the good Running backs, for the first time in program history, three running backs from Florida State had over 100 yards during the day. Treshawn Ward doing the damn thing. He led with 127. Trey Benson followed with 105. And then you had Lawrence Toa Philly, excuse me, have 101 yards on the day. Jordan Travis, honestly, you could throw him in the conversation of being a running back, but he is the one with the arm, was 11 and 15 on the day with 207 yards. Either way it went, you saw, we're not going to do too much, says the Seminoles offense, but we're going to do just enough to let you know that we're here. We're going to impose our will, and we're going to make sure we have a great day. Even from a receiving standpoint, you saw flashes. You saw positive action from Kentron Portier, which to me was another good thing. Now, on the flip side of that, you had North Carolina, who had a great 
outing with their running backs. A surprise, a pleasant surprise, if you will. It gave me flashbacks of Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Their run game was just as good as, to me, the Seminoles, but I'm, of course, biased. It clearly wasn't 100 yards for three receive, three running backs, but it was good nonetheless. Amarion Hampton certainly was the one who stood out. And then you also had the fact that Elijah Green was doing the damn thing. And who knew Drake May was going to give buckets as well with a long helicopter-like finish towards the end run game that he had. So overall, running is fine. We all know that in the game of football, if you can run, it's key. And that's certainly what we saw there from the Tar Heels and the Seminoles. So that was the good. Now we, of course, saw some flaws, but nonetheless, I like to start with the positive. Right. After all this time, we've been hyping up teams and wanting to feel good about them. It felt nice to see guys get some play. We saw Drake may play for probably a little longer than we at first expected. I'm sure some of you are assuming, hey, he's going to get in there. He's going to dominate the situation. We're going to see Jacoby Criswell. He didn't necessarily get that opportunity until late in the third, more into the fourth quarter. But I'm still positive that Drake is the guy, and that made me feel good that I was seeing flashes of Sam Howell. I'm just hoping that I don't have to see the Sam Howell that has to go fight for flight or that is sitting here killing himself to try and be the superhero for the team, nonetheless. So there is absolutely that. Now, as we switch to the bad side, just know, let me preface by saying bad and ugly doesn't mean I'm knocking on your team per se, doesn't mean I don't like the players. So it's all about just identifying things that need to get better, bar none. All right. So all the hate that might come my way, I just want everyone to saw. It's just talk. <laughs> we can talk about it in you on YouTube and all the good things, but there you have it. Now, it's never okay to drive stoned. If you feel different, you drive different. You drive high, you get a DUI. It's never okay to get to a place where you're not comfortable to drive. Are you one of those people who thinks that it's okay? Well, I'm here to tell you what's the worst that can happen. It's not a big deal. Wrong. It's a huge deal. The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzz kill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, you get a DUI. So we're rocking and rolling here, Locked on ACC podcast. We're talking about GBU, our new Monday series as we go over the weekend's events. We've got the good out of the way with our run game and our quarterbacks getting some love. We've got the bad that we're going to get to in a second. And, of course, the ugly that is most frustrating when it comes to certain teams and programs. Now, the bad. Right. I think what for me for Florida State is I would love to have seen a little more of their playbook from the Seminoles offensively. I think that, of course, you just run and gun. But now when you see when now when you go into week one and LSU starts to fill that box, are you going to trust Jordan Travis to throw that ball? Right. Is Poitier going to be there solid as a rock when he has to go up against a little better secondary? Can you see him? create separation. So for me, I'm hoping that there are good positive vibes, not only from that offensive line that continues to shine, 
particular had 14 players that had opportunities to get some snaps there on Saturday for the Seminoles. It's going to be critical that they figure out some sort of rotation, get into a rhythm, and really learn to trust each other, right? We know there's injuries for some, but when it comes to just being that center and core group, I'm hoping that they can figure it out and figure it out quickly because it's going to be a long season, more importantly, a long week game one against the Tigers. So there's that. Now on the flip side, which y'all know I'm probably going to spend a little bit longer on, <laughs> the Tar Heels. Tar Heels had some serious issues on their defense. Now, backstory, for those of you who don't know, the Tar Heels, Gene Chizik was the former defensive coordinator for the Heels. He brought them to be one of the top defenses in the country. He actually made them feel like, okay, they are a dominant force as a part of this whole program. Now, when he left, we had a couple of things shake up. And then, of course, Coach Bateman came in in these recent years and tried to make things much better. Now, on in his defense, he had the talent. He had everything he needed to be great. He had all the dogs in the house to really be those fighters. Did he execute always well? Sometimes. Sometimes there were good moments. Sometimes there were nice flashes. But for as a whole, you could definitely tell that there was a lot of misassignments, a lot of confusion. There was a need to keep it more simple. But more importantly than that, there was a need for some fundamental backing, right? At the core, we all know if you can't wrap up a young man, or your woman, because some women play football. If you can't wrap somebody up, it's going to be a long day for you, good buddy. <laughs> You're going to have to figure it out. One thing I am keen on, one thing I love most about football is a good open field tackle. If you can't wrap up your guy in space, trouble. I live for guys who know how to be great defenders because anywhere on the field, they know that they can get their man. That's what I look for when I grade, assess, all the things, analyze to me, if you can get great open field tackles, if you can not let your defender or not let your offensive guy make any sort of adjustments on you and really take off and get burnt and you end up being burnt like toast, I think you're a great one, right? We're looking for that still here after watching week zero game against Florida A&M. Now we'll credit Musa, who is a former Vanderbilt quarterback for being able to move the ball. Fairly well, we'll say. He did his thing. I'm not going to knock him one bit. Sorry, there's a fly in my room, and that distracted me. But overall, the way the Florida A&M offensive line was able to move so smoothly was frightening if you are a Carolina fan. One, because you're like, all right, defensive line, Raven Hasek, what are we, what are we doing? Guys, Cedric Gray, what are we doing? Okay, I get being a linebacker, you know, linebacker, but we need the line to get it together. So that was a little frustrating. But more than that, when you look at the secondary, hello, is anybody home? Anybody? You know, Tony Grimes, third play of the game, goes down, probably more, more than likely a concussion. And there's many reasons for that. The fact that we probably had some issues in terms of four AMs and how the play looked, it just was more of a fundamental issue than necessarily a bad play. Tony going out first quarter, Again, maybe with the third or fourth play of the game, when he is your veteran in the backfield, was very frightening. One, because he has no business being out there. Two, as soon as he went down, it was a wrap for the day. We didn't have to do anything else. Tony was not coming back in. I didn't want Tony to come back in because personally, I'm sitting here saying to myself, he's it's not the juice is not worth the squeeze. We cannot afford to lose Tony Grimes. And it was very apparent when Baltimore had to go in there and try and be in his place. 
He missed a lot of assignments. He struggled mightily. I think that he has very much room for improvement. I hope to see it, but I also have questions of where was this? Where were y'all doing during camp? I get you don't go at full speed. And I was talking back and forth to people on Twitter like, yeah, it's not the same as live ball against going against opponent. But if you can't figure it out against an FCS team, that frightens me <laughs> when you got to go up to App Appalachian, who I think has probably just as good, if not better, offense. What are you going to do then? They're going to have a field day. If you're going to be on bet online, I promise you that Carolina app game, you need to bet the over. Okay. So there is that. Now, of course, we got to get to the ugly. And there's many of ugly parts here, but I, oh, sorry. There's one thing I did want to say. There was some good out of Carolina's defense. I don't want to be all negative. Power Eccles and Boykins, great game. There, thank you. Thank you, Noah Taylor, who came at, from Virginia, feeling good. Another positive, I meant to say, because I'm trying to give love here, Gaynor, the offensive lineman from Miami, great game. Thought you did excellent. Good. Bad, secondary. Carolina secondary was bad. I don't think there was much bad for Florida State. But Carolina secondary, got to figure it out. If you can't handle fundamentals, what are we doing? And can you fix it when you head up to Boone, North Carolina? I damn sure hope so. You're going to have to. So period. Now let's get to the ugly. And the ugly truly has nothing to do with either North Carolina or Florida State. What was really ugly about week zero was the fact that FAMU had 25 players who ended up being ineligible and could not travel to Chapel Hill to play the game. You had Isaiah Land, who was arguably one of the best players in the country, Bar, FCS, and all the different titles y'all want to put them under. He was not able to play the game. And several others who probably could have been key in terms of making it an even closer game for North Carolina and uh, North Carolina and Florida A&M. The problem here is it was a very much a structural issue that they have at their university. But it happened 48 hours, 24 hours before the team was supposed to even get to Chapel Hill. So all of this is coming out. You probably I'll have them all standing in a line, like raise your hand if you're going to the game and having to say, guys, oop, not you, <laughs> not you, buddy. That was the most frustrating thing to see it all play out in such a panicky fashion, I guess you can say. But more than that, it, of course, sounded the alarms, dog whistle for some. Oh, this is, you know, of course, an HBCU issue. And this is, you know, see, this is why we shouldn't have HBCUs play. Da, 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 da. Let me sit here and clear. The way Florida State was playing, I sat here and said, I don't know what makes y'all think that football ain't football at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, if you're good at what you do, if you can play ball and you can do it anywhere. And if you want to get to the next level, you can do it at any level. And so that was annoying to me. That was the ugly because I think some people need to better educate themselves on the structure of colleges and the financial burdens that come within structuring how people have assignments and what they're asked to do. And they are underpaid and overworked. And so it wasn't the fault of the kids for not being eligible. At the end of the day, yes, you got to be on your P's and Q's when it comes to class. But a lot of them were transfers. A lot of them trying to figure out their credits and how those things roll over. Way bigger issues, way bigger conversations than just, oh, see, this is why we don't need to play. And we all know we have these pay-for-play games. FAMU was going to be out $450,000 had they decided to not play, which, frankly, 
didn't wasn't in the budget. $450,000 they would have to pay back to Carolina who you know was supposed to pay them for participating in this game. And they still almost they were in it. They were in it till they weren't, right? It was about the third quarter where the, the fatigue got to them and power of attrition is, you know, you ain't got the manpower, it usually doesn't go your way. But all that to say, had they had everyone in place, I think we might be having, we might have been having a different conversation going here as I talked to you on this Monday night show. Say all that to say, I wish people would educate themselves on how things work from a university policy AD and down. They didn't have an athletic director. The person who handles their compliance stuff is like another tier in the organization. It's just so much going on that you have to learn how to extend grace. But more than that, with your own two eyes, you have to understand that people are really good at football no matter where they go. And so that should be the focus. And these are kids. They're all trying to figure it out just like we are. So that was the ugly for me is how the response to them potentially not being able to play went because it just didn't have to be that way. So there's that. Say all that to say, I am excited for week one. I'm excited to see, sorry. (laughs) I'm excited to see how it goes down with some of the really, really good programs we have here in our ACC conference, how they're going to try and figure and watch some of the things that went down in week zero and make sure that they are not struggling against the FCS if they have it, or even struggling against uh, another Power 5 opponent. I'm hoping that all of the teams go in and want to keep that undefeated streak alive beyond the Clemson and Georgia Tech game that we know is happening on Monday in Atlanta, and we're just going to be good to go. So all the positives. We, we end with positive. GBU was great. I hope you enjoyed the segment. More importantly, I hope you come back tomorrow as we talk through some more fire conversations towards getting ready for week one. So prep for that. Make sure you download, subscribe, follow the podcast from anywhere, and we appreciate you. As always, thank you for listening. Download, subscribe, listen to all the conference shows, and make sure you listen to all my guys in my conference. We are almost there where we have a host for every single one. So shout out to Lawrence. Also, shout out to Lawrence Johnson for just starting the Locked on Virginia podcast. If you haven't heard that yet, it is excellent. Strongly encourage you guys to download, subscribe to that, and follow all of my guys for Candace Cooper. Hope you have a great Monday. Until next time.